I often say that all companies have a soul and the soul of the Vector family is that you work to be the best version of yourself. Whether you're with us one summer, whether you're with us one year, whether you're with us 41 years. Because we know that if the business is bringing out the best version of yourself, then you will give the best to the business. And it's kind of like a great relationship, that a great relationship brings out the best in you and you give it back and bring out the best in others. And just like you can create a team that you want, you can create the family that you want. I learned from Vector how to create a great family. That's the voice of Al DeLeonardo. He has actually created two great families. For 41 years, Al has been an important part of the soul of the Vector family. From his days as the head of the third sales office in the history of Vector Marketing, to his years as the CEO and president of Vector East. At home, Al has also built an amazing family with his wife, Madeline, and their four children. A family is built through love, commitment, belief in human potential, and celebrating differences, through striving to be our best and to bring out the best in others. Al DeLeonardo has brought all these things and more to his own family and also to help build the Vector family. I'm privileged to share with you today his story and his insights. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I have a real treat for you today, as I am honored to have as a guest the CEO and president of Vector East, Mr. Albert DeLeonardo. And this is a conversation I've been looking forward to for a long, long time. Uh, I know you're going to get a lot out of this. Albert is a veteran of the uh, Cutco Vector business starting back in 1978 when he was a college student at Temple University. Uh, He graduated from Temple with a degree in accounting became a district manager with the company. In Albert's initial office where he started, Don Frieda, the founder of Vector Marketing, was the district manager, and Mike Lancelot, longtime uh, CEO executive, was an assistant manager. So uh, Albert had the opportunity to start with those two gentlemen, which is pretty amazing. Uh, He became a division manager in 1986 and was number one in the company his first year as a division manager, became a region manager in 1990, Uh, And in uh, 2002, uh, Albert became the co-CEO of Vector Sales, along with Bruce Goodman, and president of Vector East. Albert has been married for 34 years to his wife, Madeline, and they have four 
children, uh, ranging in age from 21 to 31. Uh, and so family is a very important part of Albert's life. He has also been an integral part in helping to create the family feel of vector marketing, which we're going to talk about a lot today. So Al, thanks so much for making some time to be on the podcast. Well, it's great to be here, Dan. And uh, I just love the Vector family, and I'm excited to share with them my thoughts on the great company that we have. Fantastic. Well, let's get right started by talking about your family background. I think a lot of people would be interested in hearing your story, Al. And so why don't you share a little bit about, uh, about your life from before you worked with Vector? Yes, uh, Dan. Uh, before I worked with Vector, uh, I was born and raised in a rural home in Philadelphia, in one of the Philadelphia neighborhoods. I have uh, uh, two sisters and two brothers, and we really didn't have a lot uh, starting out or a lot in life. My dad was what they call a pattern maker, and he had employment, but it was very unsteady. So there were times uh, where he was unemployed, and it was a challenge for the family. So we were on, I tell uh, the Vector reps some of the stories. We were on food stamps. Uh, I had holes in my pants before holes in my pants were cool. <laughs> I had holes in my shoes. And, you know, it was a, a tough upbringing. But I think it, it, looking back, it really made me who I am. My mom uh, had a uh, stroke when she was 42, a massive stroke. And I was 12 at the time. And I had a brother who was three at the time and a sister who was five. They were the two youngest. And uh, it was a tough time in our family. And I really think uh, it was where I started to learn about leadership and just the whole idea of showing up and trying to help out uh, with the family. But even though we didn't have a lot of money, we had a tremendous amount of love, a big Italian family. My, my dad is one of 15 children my grandmom had 15 children wow so a lot of my cousins i call them aunts and uncles because my grandma was having children at the same time that our children were having children so my dad became an immediate uncle when he was born and uh there was just a lot of cousins uh aunts and uncles and it was a great family yeah i can relate to some elements of that when you said you know you'd call your cousins your aunts or your aunts your cousins because they're you know the different uh age ranges that existed my my father was from a family of nine in italy and my mother from a family of 12 in france yeah and so we had a lot of that same vibe going on with uh with our relatives so it's it's cool to hear al your just the background that you have and um you know some of the adversities that were overcome as a youngster I think it's it it really is inspirational for vector people to hear other people's stories and and the fact that there's so many unique and different types of stories of all the successful people in the company that we bring together all kinds of different people from different backgrounds and help people succeed and it's uh it's cool that uh, just to hear that that element of your story there. How did you get started uh, with the company? The way I got started, I went to Temple University uh, and I actually got a degree in accounting. Uh, my buddy Hutch, Jim Hutchinson, was uh, selling Cutco and he personally recruited me to sell Cutco. So when I was going to graduate, I was going to le actually leave Cutco at the time because I had in my uh, mind that I was going to be an accountant. And I really didn't like accounting, but I didn't want to change my major because I was 
lose the credits that sometimes happened. And I really, I really said, I'll try accounting out and see what happens. I went on an interview and I don't remember an interview was set up with career placement, you know, the campus relations department type of thing. And I went on an interview and the guy asked me about accounting and I answered and then he asked me about Cutco and I talked and talked and talked. And at the end of the interview, he said, I think you should stay with the Cutco company. And, <laughs> and I was a little annoyed because you got to go home. If somebody says that to you, you, you know, you didn't get the job, you know. So uh, but about 10 days later, it kind of hit me that he was absolutely right. He saw my excitement. He saw my passion. He saw my love of the business at that early age and he he zeroed in on it and said i think you should stay where you are and that's i kind of fell into it it wasn't my intention i thought about it and i said you know he's absolutely right i'm gonna stay where i am and i opened the third office in the company uh the, the first one was don frieda in springfield delaware county then mike lancelot in montgomery county and then i opened the cherry hill new jersey office wow that, that's uh, that, it's just an amazing lineage you have. And so there were, there were at this time, there were multiple independent marketing companies that sold Cutco all across the country. And Don Frieda started Vector Marketing, uh, which quickly under your leadership and his and Mike's grew to be the largest and most successful of the independent marketing companies. And eventually everything got united under Vector, you know, some years later. Is that, that correct? Yes, that's correct. I remember there was a lot of excitement. I remember running an interview as a district manager that we were in Baltimore. We were all away in Baltimore. I said, we, we go all the way to Baltimore. I think we had six to eight offices at the time. But it was a big thing saying we, we were as far as Baltimore. You know, now it now looks funny because we're a national organization. But the, the, Freedom Enterprises and the Vector organization was very small at one time. And we were very proud that we were expanding rapidly and we had an office in Baltimore, Maryland. So, yeah, wow, that's neat. Cool, cool. What were some of the uh, memorable experiences that you had during the early part of your career? Yeah, during the early days, I think what uh, attracted me to the business uh, was the experience of being around really successful people and people that were willing to support me. I was a very young, insecure college student. I had very low self-esteem at the time. I don't know where that came from, but maybe from my upbringing. Uh, you know, when you're when you don't have a lot of money, when when you're impoverished in life it does something to your self-esteem because mm -hmm. we it was the embarrassment of being poor like if you asked our neighbors were we really as poor as we were they probably wouldn't recognize it because we kind of hid that from the neighborhood that we really didn't have a lot and mm -hmm. so my self-esteem so i'm not a psychologist but that that led to self-esteem issues and uh I, I just was in a place, the experience was so exciting that, that people were supporting me, people were teaching me, and just the experience of being around positive and passionate people, people who have a passion. I felt that from Mike Lancelot. I felt that every direction possible. And it was kind of like, I, I want some of that. Whatever 
whatever they got, whatever it is, I won some of that. So that was a key experience of mine. And I remember it distinctly. The other key experience was in our neighborhood, you really didn't travel a lot. And one of the things that I remember in the early days, we didn't really go to Paris like we are now. Uh, a big trip like that, but we did do a lot of little trips. We we were just growing as a company, and uh, I remember going to a weekend at the Poconos, or we took a bus trip to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, by bus. Uh, you know, down in the Smoky Mountains, and I remember that the, the addiction that I got to travel, and I love travel. And then, and then also in the early days was the cruises. We took a lot of cruises. I'd probably been on 10, 12 cruises. We took a tremendous amount of cruises. And just that atmosphere of the travel uh, really, really was exciting. So for me, it was being around positive, successful people was a great experience and, and the travel. And I thought, you know, this is just a great place to be. And now, 40, 41 years later, I'm, I'm, I'm still excited about the company. Yeah, wow. That, uh, that's pretty cool to hear. I like what you said about, you know, coming into Vector and feeling some level of insecurity or needing and wanting support, a supportive environment. Uh, I think that, that a lot of people who are listening could relate to that. You know, naturally we attract some people who are those like all American success stories that do well on everything, right? And in high school and college and things like that. But I think more people that come into Vector can really relate to what you described. I certainly can relate to what you described. And that feeling of finally being around a place where people are encouraging and supportive and people value you. It's the beginnings of that family feel that, that I know we're going to talk about a lot today that, uh, that, that gets created in the early days for someone that, that, that makes you feel you know, really loyal to wanting to be in this company and, and, and stay with it for a long time. So it's cool that uh, you felt that right out of the gate. Well, I often say, Dan, that we view young people that they matter. See, young people, in some companies, young people don't matter, okay? In our company, young people do matter. And that that's what's so wonderful about our company, that we take young people at a very young age and impact them at a time when their lives need to be impacted. And that that's such a positive thing. And we, we give them a uh, tremendous responsibility. We, we give them all kinds of uh, tools to be successful and we treat them like adults. And it's really a great thing. Yeah, definitely. So you are really, truly a part of the foundation of vector marketing along with uh, Mike Lancelot and Don Frieda and the environment. One of the things that I feel that vector is known for is just this feeling of family where people feel really, truly connected to their colleagues, their peers, their leaders, and, and they create that connection with the people in their own organizations. And it's just something that I think is, is prevalent all throughout the company and uh, makes people want to, to, to work hard and makes people motivated and also makes people want to stay here. And, and as I said, you were part of the foundation. You helped create this uh, through you know, your leadership in those early days. Could you speak a little bit to some of the ways in which you feel like this culture took hold uh, during your, you know, your early years as a manager or, or even getting into your years as a division manager? How did this family feel take hold in the company? 
Sure. Um, I, I remember with Don Frieda and Mike Lancelot, you know, that one of the things they did is they transformed the company from uh, a knife selling company to doing something bigger than selling knives. Mm. And that was the focus that, that we're a people development company and we help people grow. And the more they grow, the more they sell. So, you know, your banner behind you is something that I say in my messages and at the year-end banquets that we change lives through knives. And it really is, the knives are a vehicle. But what, what the early uh, executives saw on the company is they saw an opportunity to impact young people and to help to give them skills as a foundation for going forward. And that, that's what's so positive. I often say that all companies have a soul, and the, the soul of the Vector family is that you work to be the best version of yourself. And whether you're with us one summer, whether you're with us one year, whether you're with us 41 years of how can the business bring out the best version of yourself? Because we know that if the business is bringing out the best version of yourself, then you will give the best to the business. And it's kind of like a great relationship that a great relationship brings out the best in, in you and you give it back and bring out the best in others. And that was a foundation at our early days that it's something bigger than, than I don't want to say just selling knives because selling knives is pretty cool, but just selling knives. It's in the people development area. Yeah, that, that certainly is how I felt when I came into Vector Al is, is I saw that this was a place where I could learn, I could grow as, a, as an individual, uh, I could become a better person, I could become a better leader. And it was about so much more than selling knives, as, as, you're, as you're describing. And so by the time I came around, certainly that, uh, that, that feeling was, was widespread throughout the company. And it's one of those things that, is, uh, that has inspired me ever since I've been here. Who have been some key mentors in your life? I've had so many key mentors. I mean, I really think you can learn from anyone. And I, I've had many, many mentors in the business. I mean, I worked with Mike Lancelot for 26 years. Mike ran my interview. Mike, Mike taught me a lot of uh, success traits like uh, commitment, work ethic, uh, confidence. He worked on my confidence, effort, responsibility, uh, perseverance, you know, things like that. And really ha what traits are necessary to be a, a champion? I, I really think everybody in the business brings special gifts. And, you know, you know, I work with Bruce Goodman and Bruce is different than me. He brings gifts to the table and I bring gifts to the table. And the question is, what gifts are you going to bring? And how do you stay in your lane? How do you exemplify those gifts and bring out the max in that? So Mike, Mike taught me that in the vector way, the vector way about everybody, you know, you got to earn the side of the person and that's the vector way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he often talked about that. I don't, I don't talk about it as much because it's inherent in me, but he, he used to talk about that. Like I, I talk about the vector family. And then another mentor was John Kane and, you know, John and I are bonded at the hip. You know, John taught me about second chances. Uh, he also taught me that young people grow up and become great people. 
And, you know, he is really like the most loved person in, ve uh, in Vector. And he just taught me the power of relationships. And my strength when I was young in the business was work ethic and relationships. They're the two that, that traits that I, I, I drove. A lot of times new reps ask you, what does it take to be successful? And I think you, you have to find out what traits do you have? And mine was work ethic and, and relationships. Mm. And then my third mentor is, of course, my wife. She's been in the business 34 years with me. And, and Madeline has been a sounding board and really has been great for insight and advice. And I, I bounce a lot of things off of her. And she really, she really has a way of looking at things that really helps me to make decisions in the business. Wow, that, that's amazing to hear. That's great. So you became a division manager in 1986, and your division was number one uh, in the company right out of the gate. And throughout your career, you've been a, a national champion multiple times, including I know your last year as an RM was an epic uh, run to be a champion. Um, tell us a little bit about some of your keys to building championship teams. Yeah, uh, to build a championship team, I really think that it's really about developing yourself first because championship team has a championship leader at the, at the helm, whether it's a coach or of a football team or a coach of a sales team. And I really think one of the keys, uh, that I have, I, I have a lot of, uh, personality of my mom and my mom was very caring, giving, loving. I try to exemplify her. She she had nothing but would give you everything. And uh, and I think that is the most we can give is of ourselves. And to develop a, a championship team, you have to realize the uh, the power of yourself and the power of human potential. And how do you motivate and inspire people? And how do you bring out the best in your direct reports? Mm -hmm. So when I was a region manager, my direct reports were uh, the, uh, the DVMs. And now that I'm, uh, president and CEO, that direct reports are the RMs. So I am only as good as how can I bring out the best of my region managers and all kinds of things come together when you're, when you have a championship team, like power of a goal and power of going after something and power of rallying the troops and having fun, you know, fun is so important. And it really does matter if you're having fun as you go after something. And if you talk to people that are in final months of a Silver Cup race, it's just, it's always better when you win, but it's also a lot of fun whether you win or lose. And it's about bringing out more of people than they ever thought that was possible. And that's what a championship team does. I mean, I, in sports, they say leave everything on the field. In ours, it's it's doing everything can to the last minute, and that human potential uh, really does matter. Yeah. So you describe the the importance of people having goals to become a championship team, of creating a fun environment for people to thrive in. Those are all critical factors for sure. I like that you started by saying, you know, what 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 matters first is developing yourself. Um, I can remember somebody teaching way back when I was a relatively new rep, all development begins with self-development. And, and that theme is something that's always echoed in my head and just reminded me that if I want to do what you're describing and bringing out the best in all of my people, I need to have the best inside me to give 
to other people. So that was very valuable insight for sure. Yeah, uh, that's that's very important as a leader. You know, I uh, I'm sure you know Dan. I've been uh, a part of a group called Vistage, and I just celebrated my fifth year with them. And it's a group of 18 CEOs. And even at this late stage of my career, okay, uh, so from 36 to 41 years in the business, even after 36 years, I realized the importance of keeping uh, my growth going and how to have my personal development go to an even higher level. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's so important that, that you have to grow yourself before you grow your people. And the more you grow yourself, the more I think you can help people in the business that are stuck. And one of the things a region manager does, I remember doing as a region manager and a division manager, is getting people unstuck when they are stuck. Because you have already passed that line of development. And it really it really helps us to be better leaders and better executives in the company. Definitely. Is there an insight from your time with Vistage that stands out in your mind? The insight that I get from Vistage is even though they're all completely different businesses, they all have the same challenges, problems, issues, and it's, it's all about people. Every, every, you know, we discuss a lot of things. A lot of times is who they should promote or who they should let go. You know, it's, it's the same in every single business. That it's all about the personnel. It's all about surrounding yourself with top talent, surrounding yourself with great people. And, you know, even though the, some of the businesses, I, I can't even understand what they exactly do, but they got the same issues as, as we do in our cell knife business. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. What do you feel like are some of your most important core philosophies as a leader? I, I think, yeah, that's a great question, Dan. I, I, I think you really have to love people. And, you know, some people uh, you might not love as much as others, but all in all, you have to love people and enjoy people. I think in our business, when I think about our executives, our RMs, Mr. Goodman, uh, our DVMs, they really, really love people. And that's the basis of it. And we're all working we're all trying to succeed. And, and when you have that love of people, that matters. And then I think mm. a, a belief in, I really believe in human potential. I think in our business, we look at a lot of numbers. But I, I said in my speech uh, last week to the Northeast, I said that the numbers two weeks ago, uh, the numbers really don't tell the tale of human potential. We have a lot of data in our business, a lot of numbers. But when you add human potential to the mix, you know, you, you could be unstoppable. And, uh, you know, when you talk about someone's human potential, it's based on the idea that everybody has more to give. I know the business has transformed me. I know it has transformed my family. All four of my children have sold Cutco, and I wanted them to sell Cutco uh, because I know what they can get from the business, our core philosophies. Um, There's so many different things of like honesty, integrity, you can learn in the business, goals, commitment, uh, be yourself. You know, we have a video in in Vector called Be Yourself and how we're we're a very inclusive company, all different types of people. And, 
we help people to be cool in the business who wouldn't normally be cool. There's all different types of people in the business. And it's just a very inclusive atmosphere where not that you come in and you have to change and be like everybody else. Come in and learn how to be yourself. And I think that's a wonderful treat. I learned to be myself later in years, and I wish I learned it a lot earlier. Like in high school, you're trying to be like everybody else. But right. I learned in Vector that you have to be yourself. And what what gifts do you bring to the party? Mm. So that's such a great insight, Al. I can remember being in the Olean area at the uh, CSP retreat. Uh, this was last year. It was in Ellicottville. Ellicottville, yeah. yes. And uh, and I was just talking with Jeremy Reisig there, and I remember an insight that he shared, which was the idea that you know Vector is a place where someone can be themselves and fit in, right? Regardless of who they are, right? They can. There's a place for everybody to fit in, and and as you said, by bringing their own strengths to the table, the own the, their own good things that they can offer to the team that everybody has that opportunity to be able to fit in. And that, that's a really special thing about, about what we offer. And, and as a leader, for you to, to see the importance of that is, is clearly a, a key reason why you've built such great teams and, and why you've built such an amazing family environment. I, I can also remember Mark Lovis, who you, you probably sure. remember Mark, a great sure. division manager in our company. And he was the first guy that I, I ever heard say, you know, the number one key to development is love your people. And, you know, I mean, obviously I'd heard the concept in many different ways, but he's the first guy that ever, I re ever remember using those direct words is that that's what creates development is loving your people. And, and, uh, and just, you know, reminding ourselves that it's, it's, it's our people that create the things that we want to create. It's not, you know, when we make a sale, it's not a credit card that pays the bill. It's a, it's a human that pays the bill, right? When we develop individuals, it's, a, it's the same way. It's, it's individuals that are creating all of what we want to create in, a, in our company. And it's important to develop that real genuine care and love for all the individuals um, one by one that we have on our teams. And, and it's certainly, certainly from my perspective, it seems like that's something you've created all your life, you know, in, in, at home and in, in the business is that, that feeling of love and care and giving that you described that you got from your mom. Right. And, and I, think, I think one of the things I learned in the business is the idea, Dan, of accepting people as they are. Like everybody can get better, okay, uh, but, but the acceptance of who they are. Sometimes in, in life, we try to, try to make people like us. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that uh, I have four children. They're all different, and I could talk about them forever, okay? They're all different. But one of the challenges that, that sometimes people face is they're always like, why can't that person be like me? And when you have a relationship, you celebrate the differences. I love people that are different than me. I love people that have different opinions than I do. And you celebrate the differences. So Matthew Kelly says in one of his quotes that, we would all have better relationships if we were less judgmental of one another. Mm. And when you think about that quote, okay, and our business based on relationships, then we have to be less judgmental. Yes. And, and that helps us to have healthy relationships. Yeah, that, that's a great insight. The idea of celebrating differences, 
celebrating differences, yeah. like celebrating differences. Yeah. Awesome. And that, you know, through my career, I worked with a lot of different people. I worked in a small town of Cherry Hill in the Northeast. And then, and then you become a division manager and you got to work with people, everybody in New Jersey. Now to people outside of New Jersey, everybody thinks people in New Jersey are, are the same, and, but they're not, you know that. And then you do the, the, do the Northeast. And then I did the Eastern and the Midwest. And as you grow and develop, people are so different in every uh, aspect, in many different aspects. But they all, they all want to succeed and they all want to, to get better at what they do. Mm-hmm. And that's the basis of saying, okay, how can we bring out the best human potential in someone? Mm. So. That's great. That's great. Awesome stuff. So uh, since 2002, you have been president of Vector East. Uh, and you've had a partnership with Bruce Goodman as co-CEO. Tell us a little bit about the journey that you've experienced over these past 17 years uh, in your current role. Yes. Uh, for 17 years since 2002, I, I have been president of Vector East. And the first few uh, years in any role, you know, it's, uh, you're trying to find things out and figure, figure things out. And it, it was a little challenging the first few years. Uh, being president, there's no playbook. And every time you move up in our business, you're, you're back at a brand new level. So, mm-hmm. and you got to learn that level all over again. So as a sales rep going to AM, as an AM going to branch, as a branch going to district, all the way up, it, it, it's a brand new role for you. And, and there's new factors coming into play. But I am very passionate about the team we are building. I love working with the three region managers that we have. We have Jeff Bry. Uh, his talent is tremendous. Earl Kelly, okay, he's a fantastic individual. Scott Dennis uh, knows the business tremendously. All three of them coming together. We really have a great team in Vector East. And I feel like, like I often say, people remember uh, the end of your career in that category. Like what I'm trying to communicate is when I was a division manager, I was a division manager for uh, eight years. People don't remember the first four because they weren't memorable. Okay. Uh, they, they remember the last few where you finally got it together. And that's what I feel as as uh, the leader of Vector East. I, it feels like it's all coming together in a big way, and it's just uh, just real positive. I feel like I I got the hang of it. There's always new things coming at you, but in the first few years, it always feels like everything new's coming at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, can, can you speak a little bit to your partnership with Bruce and just what it's like? Uh, sure, co CEO role. And and that took that footing took a little while to get used to, uh, because we were region managers in our own world, and then we're coming together and working as co CEOs. But Bruce and I have uh, tremendous mutual respect for each other, and I think what we also have is a tremendous love of the field. In our heart and soul, we're field guys, and when it comes to how can we benefit the district manager opportunity? How can we benefit the division manager opportunity? How can we benefit the RM opportunity? I, I, I didn't uh, forget the sales rep opportunity. It's always about uh, joining together and joining forces with our thoughts, ideas, and concepts of how can we impact the field. Mm-hmm. And Bruce has 
his way of thinking things out and I have my way as, as you've probably seen in some of the meetings that we've been in. But I, I often say that it really, I love working with Bruce on projects and programs uh, because what ends up happening is it ends up being a better end result, a better product, bringing two, two thoughts together of how to do it. And we bounce ideas off it of each other and we respect each other's ideas. So whether it's uh, the DM opportunity of how can we improve that, that was a project that we've been working on and it's really important that we keep improving district manager opportunity. And I love Bruce because he has a lot of ideas about the business and his intelligence, as you know, from working uh, with him is tremendous and he has a lot of great ideas. So he's really good at projects, programs, you know, the, the people, projects, programs, uh, th those type of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting just to see uh, the relationship between the two of you and, and how you work together. Because, you know, as, as people, anyone who's not aware, as a region manager, I get to work directly with the two of you from time to time and, you know, get I, I report directly to Bruce, but I do get to work directly with the two of you from time to time and get to see the vibe that you guys have and working together. And it is interesting to to consider how two different people would sometimes differing views, but have the same objective of improving the business can come together and really flesh out the best ideas. And it's neat to be able to see how you guys do that. So what do you think you're most excited about as you look ahead, you know, five, 10 years down the road in the business? What, what are you most excited about for Vector? Yeah, I'm most excited about uh, designing programs that bring more people into the business. And it's not just for the positive of the sales results. So Anything that's about recruiting more people into the business, I'm excited about because I really think it can impact their lives. I really think it could be the foundation of their success. I know you have run, Dan, alumni events, and we have one in Philadelphia. And when people say this, they say it in all different ways, but when they say this has been the foundation of my life, Mm -hmm. And 10 years later, 20 years later, I still think of how would I do it in Vector. That is so powerful. And it impacts people in a, in a big way. And I know, I know it has changed my children by being in the business. It has changed me and it can transform uh, them in a big way. So, and I really wanted to do for others what it has done for me. And just like my kids selling Cutco, it has impacted them in a big way. I think it's a great thing. I told on our Prague trip, I told a story about uh, Fee Mazanka asking me during a lunch of what was the number one decision I made in my life, the most important decision in my life. Mm. And I, I originally said to her, I said, well, it's joining Vector. It's having my children. Okay. And it's, it's my wife. Okay. There are three. And she said, if you had to pick one, what would it be? And mm -hmm. I went with the one of the number one choice for me is joining Vector because I don't even think, you know, I learned some sales skills and that's how I actually convinced my wife to marry me. That, that, that helped. And I don't think I would be have the family that I have right now, you know, without the, the first choice of joining Vector because it causes you to develop into the best version of yourself, which means you're attracted to others. 
and also also uh, how we raised our family. Tell us a little about your family, Al. I'm Madeline, and she's a, a family therapist. Gabe is a lawyer. He, he and Gabe, by the way, just became a a dad about a year and a half ago, and it's so interesting uh, to watch him. You know, be a dad. You know, so when you watch your son be a dad, it's pretty fascinating, and and it's it's quite interesting. And then you have Julian, uh, who's a financial planner for Merrill Lynch, and then my last daughter finishing up college at University of South Carolina. And I have taken the skills that I learned in Vector. One of the things I learned about a family that is that you can create the family that you want. I know you go to dad's retreat at front row. And when you understand that concept that just like you can create a team that you want, you can create the family that you want. Mm. I utilize all the things I learned in Vector to do that. Now, my parents, uh, they, they were wonderful parents, but they didn't say, they didn't make a conscious effort of what kind of family are we going to create? It just wasn't, you know, they were involved in so many other things. It wasn't like, okay, what type of family? But I remember many times of raising my family, I learned from Vector how to create a great family. And all the qualities when you think about creating a team and all the things you try to teach the team, it's a wonderful thing to teach your children. So whether it be problem solving, teamwork, caring, uh, perseverance, how to develop initiative, uh, how to take responsibility for things. They're all things that help someone to become a better person. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I'd love to hear some of your just favorite experiences or lessons you've had as a father, as a husband, as a family man. Yeah, as a, as a father, I really think that, again, I, I say in my messages the things I've said to my kids and I say to my kids the things I've said in my messages. And it's kind of like I say to the kids, uh, how you do one thing is how you do everything. That, you know, or I say to them, uh, you work when you can work because you never know when you can't. Mm -hmm. And I think that stemmed from my dad having challenges being unemployed. So I tell them, when you have an opportunity to work, you work because you never know what's coming down the pike. And that's the same with the vector opportunity. I tell people, you got a great opportunity in front of you, work it to the max. And the number one traits that I learned are work ethic and relationships I tried to instill in my family. The other challenge with my children is they haven't had the benefit of being poor. Mm. and Or they haven't had the, the opportunity of handling adversity like my mom's stroke that I had growing up. So I, I had a different life than they had. And sometimes as parents, we get, we're like, they just don't get it, but they have never experienced some of those things that we experienced growing up. And I think what's important for, to teach our children, teach our families is how do you handle adversity? Because even though they, they, they had a better lifestyle growing up and a better, uh, an easier, I guess, childhood. Everybody has problems, and the problems are the problems. And but they had they had to handle adversity, and you have to help them through that. And that's what I learned in Vector. How do you help your children through adversity? They might not make the team, 
you know, uh, their boyfriend and girlfriend might dump them. You know, you have those type of things that go on. Everybody faces all, all different kinds of things. They work hard at something, then don't succeed at it. And handling adversity and how do you keep going? How do you keep that perseverance going? How do you keep your, you know, not everybody's an A student and just ace everything they do. How do you keep going at, at things that you're not good at to get yourself to succeed? That was a great insight, Al. Like just a great insight, just the idea of teaching our kids how to handle adversity. And, and a part of that is letting them experience adversity, right? At the recent dad's retreat that I was at that you, you referenced, the conversation came up of avoiding risk versus mitigating risk, right? And that some parents try to avoid risk for their kids and that that's probably a mistake, right? That it's important to put allow our kids to be in a position where they have some risk, where they have some chance of failing, right? And we, we try to mitigate it by teaching them how to succeed and how to do well. But then when they do fail and they do have an, an adversity, that's an awesome opportunity for us to teach them about life. And I just feel like that's such a great insight that you offered right there. Very, very valuable. I think if you want a big life and you want an exciting life, of course, you have to take more risk. And it's, it's about asking that pretty girl out or that handsome guy out. It's about going after something that you never did before. And, and with that comes a chance of not succeeding at it. Okay. But if you, if you keep taking shots, like I remember, uh, my daughter Madeline went to NYU and the, the counselor at school told her that nobody from our school ever gets into NYU. And it had a supplemental application that she had to fill out. She didn't want to do it. And I said, you're going to do it. And she got in and got in the last two years, had a 4.0, got in and got out, Mm. you know, that type of thing. So there's always these things that hold us back. And if we teach our children to take big risks and go after something, it's the vector way of having a $100,000 week of saying, we're going to go after a $100,000 a week. You know, those type of things that, that our business, uh, that's what our business is all about. And that's what I try to teach my children. Wow. That's great. Awesome to hear. How, how about, uh, Al, as a husband, can you share any experiences or lessons or, you know, what has enabled you to thrive in this role for 34 years? Well, one of, one of my, my keynote messages is about commitment. Okay. And, and the whole idea of, Commitment uh, in our business in a marriage is a very freeing thing. It frees you up. Most people think commitment uh, is a ball and chain. But what commitment does is it frees you up to focus on uh, the other things in life. So if you commit yourself to the business, instead of saying, hey, I will see how it goes, okay, or let me see how this month goes or this year goes or this campaign goes. Now, you don't have to commit for 41 years. I didn't do it that way. But if you commit yourself and say, I'm here and I'm going to get something done, then that's off the table. Commitment's off the table. Doubt's off the table. And you have freedom to uh, go after what you want to go after. And I think the same thing, like you, you would never approach a marriage of saying, okay, I'll see how this campaign goes in a marriage, but people do it in our business. And I've learned that those that are successful have a strong commitment. 
And that's what I tried to do as a husband, that the commitment is always there. The other thing I learned uh, in the Vector family that I forgot to mention is uh, always the feeling of always have somebody always having your back. And that is so important in a marriage and it's so important in our, our business, the loyalty and trust that people bring to the relationship. It's so important in our business and so important in our marriage. Mm. And I often say that in Vector, the length of time that people have been married is tremendous. And it's the exception to the world. And there's so many great marriages that we have, you know, uh, there probably should be a podcast on ma vector marriages of, of why do they work and why do they last so long? And there's a lot of great people in our business that have been married for many, many, many years as executives of the, of the company. And vector, vector people have great long-term marriages. And I, I just try to be the best I can as a, as a husband. and. Uh, be there. I'm there. Okay. That's, uh, I got your back. I'm there. Knowing that I learned that vector that how do you create a family is everybody in the family knows you have their back. Yeah. Wow. Th that's a great insight. And just the concept that commitment frees you up, right? That it's not something that holds you back, but it's something that frees you up. Uh, really insightful, Al. Uh, this has been really fantastic. I is there anything else you feel like you want to say to the audience of Cutco reps or managers or alumni? Yes, uh, to Cutco reps, I would I would say keep learning the business. Uh, it's it's not the easiest business in the world, but it will reap huge benefits. And sometimes when you're in it, you don't realize how much you're growing and how much you're developing because you're you're fighting a fight every day. Uh, to Vector managers, I want to say thank you. This is the time of year to say thank you, but I always want to thank Vector managers for everything they do for us, uh, running the business in, a, in an honest and ethical way. And to Vector alumni, I, I, I want to say what I said earlier, that I hope it was a great experience for you, whether you were with us a, a summer or a year or five years and that you take those skills that you can learn in vector and make them uh the foundation for your life awesome awesome well it's clear that uh you've taken the skills that you learned from your early mentors uh and made them the foundation for a great life for you uh, a great family life at home a great life in the business as a leader uh i have always found you to be somebody who is extremely genuine sincere uh, very real is another word I would use to describe you and just a, a, a truly an authentic leader. And uh, you've been an inspiration to me and to many others, Al. And uh, I think everybody's going to really enjoy hearing your story and your insights. So just want to say thank you once again for making time for this today. Well, thank you, Dan. This is a great thing that you're doing and it's real positive. Awesome. Thank you. All right, talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Albert DeLeonardo, everyone. Boy, that was just a great conversation. Loved hearing about Al's family background and what he later in the interview described as the benefit of being poor. That was amazing insight to hear him use those words later on. And, you know, being young, insecure, and needing support from his workplace, from his leaders, uh, and how Vector provided that. It's something that I feel like 
most people in Vector can really relate to that, that element of needing that support. How in the early days of Vector Marketing, Don Frieda, Mike Lancelot, Al transformed the company from a knife selling company to doing something bigger than selling knives, becoming a people development company. Uh, and as Al became a leader, understanding the importance of developing himself first, understanding the value of celebrating differences in people, loving his people uh, as individuals, and the belief in human potential. So much good stuff in there. Uh, loved hearing Al and talking about his family and the idea that you can create the family that you want. That commitment is what frees you up and the importance of teaching kids how to handle adversity. And it was very powerful to hear Al say the number one choice in his life was working here, joining this company. And I think so many people, myself included, would echo that sentiment that the opportunity to be part of this company selling knives is what truly has afforded us the opportunity to change our own life and then later as leaders to impact so many other people's lives that we gained the skills, uh, we gained the role models, the opportunity, all the things that came along with joining this great company that uh, have impacted so many people. So pretty cool to hear that as well. Truly an authentic leader, as I referenced at the end. Uh, I really hope you got a lot out of this conversation as much as I did in just partaking here in the conversation with Al. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and an awesome holiday season here uh, with your family, both your work family and your home family as well. Uh, enjoy the season. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. And if you want access to today's show notes, including links to any resources mentioned, visit changinglivespodcast.com. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. I'll catch you back here in a few days for our next story about changing lives.